Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us again on So of the 50 podcast as we continue with this series where sewers continue with their sewing projects while living with chronic pain. So over 50 intersects with all communities. Kara or Good Enough Sewist was one of the So Over 50 followers featured recently to show how the So Over 50 community intersects with all communities such as hashtag chronically sewn. Thanks for being on Sober 50 podcast today, Cara. Thanks for having me. Have you had a good day so far? It's been busy. Yeah, it's been a good day. That's good to hear. How did you develop your online name? That's a neat story. I've had a couple of them that didn't really feel like me. And then my son has this saying, I guess he got it from the show Community, that he really likes. He's a fan. And one episode, kind of an obscure quote was, it's better than good, it's good enough. And he says that pretty often. He says it to me because I can tend to be a bit of a perfectionist sometimes. (laughs) And um, with my sewing, I can drive myself crazy trying to make things perfect, you know, fix that very last little thing. I started to tell people online it's better than good. It's good enough. And then I realized I needed to tell myself that, that I needed to give myself permission to not be perfect. Yeah. And then I thought about it and I thought the good enough sewist, that is just the perfect name for me because I've really started to tell myself that's good enough. Nobody's going to notice that small mistake that you have. And my mom taught me to sew and she sees things and she said, you're so picky. Don't be that picky. Nobody will ever see that. That's kind of where it came from. So my tagline, or I don't know, I guess that's what you'd call it, is it's better than good, it's good enough. Great. So tell me, how perfectionist were you or are you? So my example that I I always hear about is if I have to unpick a seam, I re-sew the whole seam again. Is that you? Yes, to an extent. I used to do that. I don't anymore. I'm more apt to leave things alone because I have limited hours that I can sew. So I need to make the most of that. I really have to tell myself it's good enough. Now, if I'm sewing for somebody else, I'm going to be more picky than myself. For my things, I'm just good enough. Kara, can you talk to us about how you live with chronic pain? Yes, I've been in pain since I was 35. So that's 21 years. So I've done it for a long time. And at first, honestly, I didn't do it well. I had some real struggles with both my mental and physical health. Depression, anxiety, they just kind of go right along with chronic pain most of the time. And uh, I definitely had those struggles too. I've learned to do everything in moderation. At the beginning, I kind of did, if I had, I'm sure everybody's heard the spoon theory, you know, the spoonies that we spoonies we have we're in pain that we only have a couple hours maybe that day that we can use to do things even to do anything sometimes but I would take those two hours say I had that day and I would clean my house or I would um, go volunteer at my kids school or do something like that that I knew that I should do 
And I wasn't doing anything for myself that I wanted to do. I was doing the have tos instead of the want tos, as I most of the time say. And I've learned that's not a good way to live, that you really have to do some have tos and some want tos. You've got to do both and you have to have that moderation. And if you have two hours that day, split it up, you know, do something about the cleaning, do something about the kids. Well, mine are grown. Do some sewing, even if it's just five minutes, you know, do it and do something for yourself. If you can't sew that day or if you, whatever it is you like to do, do something for yourself. I should be saying thank you very much right now for giving (laughs) your time for the podcast because your time is very special and it's so limited. So thank you, Cara. Yeah, I don't have two hours every day. (laughs) It's not that bad most days, but there are days. The issue around accessibility and being able to do the want to's, Mm -hmm. how do you manage that? My disabilities are mostly invisible. I've recently had a lot of foot surgeries, so they're getting a little more visible being in a surgical boot and things like that. So a little bit visible, but mostly they're invisible. But I have had to get, uh, I don't know how parking works in other countries too, but we have handicapped parking decals here. And I've, I've had to get one. It's humbling. Honestly, my doctor, thank goodness, called it rock star parking when he gave it to me. So I say that to myself every time I have to use it. And I don't use it if I don't need to. If it's a good day that day, I, you know, I, I walk when I can because it's good for me. But I think to myself, no, rock star parking. I've had to look like there's a concert I want to go to and it's standing only. I can't do that. And I'm not even sure I can do the two hours, but there's an ADA section. So it's humbling to have to call and say, you know, I need this, but you're not, they don't look at me and see that there's something wrong unless I'm wearing my boot that day, which I do some and don't others. Yeah. And it's hard to use. And I don't think people realize that sometimes that it's a humbling thing. It's not like, whoa, I got special privileges. No, it's not that at all. And um, I'm glad it's there. I mean, I'm really glad it is there because I'm really just starting to need those accommodations myself. Yeah. I've been pretty fortunate that I just either do it or don't, you know, it's either I can do it things that day or I can't. So I haven't really had to seek out accommodations for myself. I make them myself for sure. In my sewing room, my husband built me a nice high cutting table so I don't have to bend with my uh, back issues. So, you know, there's accommodations that I make for myself as far as like public accommodations. You know, it's I'm really glad they're there, but don't love having to use them. You've got a great doctor that calls you know, the handicap parking. Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, rockstar parking. That's brilliant. I like it too. He is great. You know, in the last, what, 18 months with COVID and the pandemic and people being in isolation, have you found that online events are more accessible for you than live events? They are. Honestly, I don't love them though. I end up isolated a lot of my time just because of health issues. I end up home. Well, now my mother moved in with us, so she's here and that's actually nice. And my daughter moved home too. So it was just me and my husband and now we've got 
four of us. And three of the four of us are home all day. So I do have company, but I miss seeing my book club friends. You know, we haven't started meeting face to face yet. And it's nice online, but and sew alongs are fun. We do have a sewing local group that is meeting in face to face now. I just haven't done it yet because I am high risk. So, you know, I haven't felt comfortable yet doing it. So they're not as good, you know. I mean, you're isolated anyway. So Mm -hmm. it just reinforces that, I suppose. It does. So when it comes to events that you can go out of the house for, if they're big expos, what sort of accessibility or accommodations have you found are really great for you? Parking is big. Obviously, because sometimes if it's a big event, the parking will be so far away. Lots of stairs. And even though I'm not in a wheelchair, the stairs are really, really hard with a bad foot that probably doesn't have a good prognosis at this point. I mean, I need a, a fourth surgery on it. It's getting more and more limited in my usage. So stairs are just so hard. And I'm slow when I do them. And I'm very conscious of the people behind me thinking, why is she so slow? Mm -hmm. And that I feel like I'm holding people up. So having an alternative to stairs like ramps or elevators that you can use, what do I have to do to prove that I need that? I know people that are in a wheelchair have an obvious handicap that looks like they need a wheelchair or a ramp or something like I know a ramp I could use but sometimes there's an elevator but it's reserved only for somebody that's using some kind of an assistive device okay yeah I'm not there yet I mean I could but I'm not gonna just do that because it can be really difficult sometimes for me I've mostly avoided those big things just because of that We did go to a concert and I did walk some stairs and I was in pretty bad shape for a little while. It's a hard thing. It would be hard then to enjoy a concert if you were already in pain after trying to manage the stairs. Exactly. And then you think, oh no, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Now what? It's up and down and back and forth again, you know, and it's hard. When it comes to sewing, you've already said that your husband has been wonderful in creating a cutting table that's at the right height for you. What other tools or changes have you made so that you can sew in the limited time that you've got? Well, I've got a lot of sewing machines that I keep. Let's see, I have five out, two sergers that I keep threaded light and dark. And the same with the two sewing machines. I can always keep one black. It saves me time not having to switch thread all the time. I don't know it's an extravagance, but my kids are out of the house. I have a room dedicated to sewing now. It's just I can do it, so I do. Actually, I have six. My mom brought hers. I just looked at it in the corner there. She's got her one that she sewed my baby clothes on. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't convinced her to start sewing again. She stopped, so she's 86, and she stopped, but I'm trying to convince her to get going again. Yeah. It'd be good. My projector is wonderful. I've been doing that for about a year, probably. I was pretty, I think, early on that trend with the projectors. And it just saves a lot, again, time. So I think I look for things that will speed me up. 
And I'm not fast by any means as far as getting work done, but I think I just look for tools that'll make it a little bit quicker. Do you find now that you've been using the projector for a year that there are some patterns that you prefer more than others? Yes, there are designers that have better, and I can't think of who it is now, but I like when they have both the black and white and the white and black. I know I can switch my colors, but it's just a nice courtesy that I don't have to go in and do anything to it. And they have nice thick lines, you know, that I can see easily without having my room is very bright. So if it's the middle of the day and I'm trying to use it, it is hard sometimes to see. And I know I have used PDF Stitcher and finally taught myself that. It's not hard at all. And the girl that did that is amazing. It's great to be able to, I've figured out how to stitch my patterns together, the ones that don't come in the projector mode and how to thicken lines and all that. It's really cool. But I love when they do it all for me and have text that's printed big enough that I can read it without having to go back over to my computer, you know, and see what it says. And all those things are really nice. In summary, what's your wish list for projector patterns? Okay, both the dark and light backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thick lines, not the dotted lines. Those are awful. Not the colors. um, When you're trying to use an AO pattern, the colored lines are very difficult. So using all black or all white lines, nice clear print, any notches or things that you have on your pattern that you mark those clearly. I guess that's about it. That's a really good wish list for pattern designers who are going down the path of developing projector patterns. So many are. It's a great initiative. Mm -hmm. And it's good that you've now told us what your wish list is for (laughs) ideal projector patterns. Yes. Are there any sewing tools or notions that you favor more to save you time? The rotary cutter is amazing. That speeds me up a lot when cutting out. Just need to make sure I keep my blade changed. Sometimes I think we all do that. We try to struggle along with a dull blade because we don't want to stop and change it. But gosh, when you change it, it's just cutting butter, you know, it's nice. Mm just clips rather than pins most of the time for me, unless it's a really slippery fabric where I'm going to need some pins. My cover stitch, we've just kind of gotten to be friends finally. I know what you mean. (laughs) It took me a long time on that one. Every other machine I've just taken right to, but gosh, it took me a while and I still don't understand everything it can do. I don't think it's nice that I can hem things with that because hemming was kind of a bane of my existence when I'd get to it. But now it's just quick and it's very easy now that we're friendly. (laughs) (laughs) So now the cover stitch is supportive of you rather than you be supportive of the cover stitch machine. Right. When did you discover the Sew Over 50 community on Instagram? When? Hmm. I think it's probably been over a year, I would say. Yeah, I'd say at least a year ago, and it's a really fun hashtag to follow just to see all the makers and all the challenges. I need to do better with trying to do them. I kind of hop in and out of those, but I test patterns a lot. It's fun to see when people that are over 50 get covers or even just their pictures are used, you know, because I'm 
honestly, mine are pretty well. I don't feel ageism from any company I test for, or I wouldn't be testing. You know, if I felt like that was the reason I was excluded my, from my pictures being used or something like that, I haven't really experienced that. So that's a positive. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good to know. Mm-hmm. So when you do your pictures, what are the elements that you aim to provide with your finished product? Let's see, a clear picture of what you're testing. Different designers want different things too. Some of them like the details. They like to show a pocket or a hemline or something in particular. Some prefer landscape, some prefer portrait. There's one that doesn't like brick in the background or leaves. And I do take my pictures on a brick wall pretty often. So I have to remember who I'm taking them for. I think it's just a little cluttered. They prefer like a very white, clear background. Right. I'm conscious of my background. I've gotten a lot better at posing. It wasn't something I was comfortable with at all. So I've really had to go on Instagram or Pinterest, you know, and like look through how do people pose and see. And my daughter's helped me because she's honestly very natural at it. If I make her something, she just gets in front of my camera and just, it's just beautiful. She just hits these wonderful poses of course she's 23 and you know it's a little easier for her I think but it's just natural she's very comfortable Mm -hmm. if she ever takes my picture she's great at tips for me she'll say mom move your hand over here of course if it's my husband he's kind (laughs) of he doesn't know when anything looks bad (laughs) you have to focus that the garment looks good not just me of course I don't want to look awful but no not at all Yeah, try to get the garment looking good, making sure it doesn't have wrinkles or, you know, it's all pressed and looking like it should and that it's also meeting the standard that they're looking for. I just was in a test where the sleeve cuff is supposed to be fitted and mine didn't come out that way. So we had to do some alterations to it so that it was meeting the standard that they want for their pattern. And they actually altered the pattern as well. So you know, I had to change mine a little bit. It's good that they took that feedback about the cuff or the the sleeve Mm -hmm. not fitting you and then making that adjustment to the pattern. That's really good. Yes. Most designers are pretty responsive to things like that. Do you pattern test for a number of pattern designers? I do. Probably regularly, I'd say five or six at this point. I like the deadlines. It gives me kind of a, since I can't work it gives me kind of the the feel of that you know that it's I have a deadline and I have to meet it it gives me that and I like that it gives you some goals to achieve during the day right right and it's great that you're doing the activity that you want to do not that you have to do as well right exactly do you engage with the so enabled community at all I have only recently discovered them within the last few months. I don't even know how. I think I saw somebody else's post that had that hashtag. And I found them. And I think they haven't been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the person that runs it has said they haven't been as active because she's had some health challenges. Yeah, she has. Yeah. So I have not been as active 
even I noticed on my Instagram that I hadn't posted for like a month and a half because of moving my mother and getting her settled. And also I had surgery and, you know, there's just been things. So I haven't been as active on Instagram or anything. Well, Facebook, I sort of work for a, um, a fabric company. I moderate for them. So I'm there. But other than that, that's pretty much what I've all I've been doing. I haven't even been sewing that much, just too mm-hmm. much other things happening. I'd like to get more involved with that because I have a, another friend that's uh, disabled, or I guess that's the right word, but she's got a lot of the same health conditions I do, which is really like finding a zebra in the middle of the horses. So she would like to learn to sew as well just kind of for the same reasons I do, just for a creative outlet and something to do for herself in the midst of all the life things you have to do. I think it's a really good thing for people that are in pain to get their mind off of it. The distraction value is just amazing for me. So, and I think it would be for her. What advice would you give to listeners who are in the same situation as your friend about how to do the things that you want to do rather than the things that you have to do. You just have to make the time. I think you have to, and it's better than good. It's good enough. I mean, you have to take that with your house. You can't want that perfect either. I think. And I was very much that person before I had any health issues. My house had to be perfect. Everything had to be done before I could sit down. And you just really have to relieve yourself from that. You have to, uh, well, have to, uh, you don't have to do anything that I say, but I think it would be beneficial to just let yourself have a bit of mess from time to time. It's not going to matter, you know, in the long grand scheme of things, your mental health matters a lot more than if there's some dishes in your sink or some dust on your furniture. There's definitely some on mine right now. In my sewing room around me, I can look, it's pretty messy, but I would much rather create than clean it. So, <laughs> so I think it's just prioritizing. And then also remembering that it doesn't matter if you work as fast as everybody else. And I get caught up in that sometimes looking through Facebook or Instagram and think, well, that person made a shirt in two hours. I can't do that. Because I'm only going to be able to work 15 minutes at a time. But that's okay. You know, it's okay. Give yourself permission to do that. And if it takes, they made three shirts today and it takes you three days to make one, that's okay. You know, I always say slow is a speed. And that's very true. You're still moving. You know, you're still going. And that's okay. Just keep plodding along at the speed that you can go. And don't get discouraged with that. I know it's easy to say, but yeah, it's just the best way to just keep going, I think. It's a good saying, slow is a speed, and it is. Yeah. That was really good, Cara. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Cara, thank you for coming on to So Organized Style Podcast for Sober 50. A lot of the ways that you manage to sew while you're living with chronic pain and the advice that you've given us is going to help a lot of listeners. So thank you. You're welcome. And have a lovely day, listeners. So, Cara, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'll sure. let you get I'll let you get on with your day. Um, and I really appreciate uh, that you've given me your time today. 
No problem. Okay. Bye. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. This episode for Soul of 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Cara, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 archive and those podcasts which we've produced for Sew Enabled. Give us a five-star rating and review and we hope you'll support us through our Patreon account. Every podcast is free with the aim to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Style or on our website at www.seworganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.